0: To Carbitrage Podcast Episode 81. Wow, that's hard to remember right now. I, know, right? <laughs> I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hi. Hey. So but I, I got it. I didn't. I didn't slip. No, you didn't. I was me. not like Freud.
1: No, I'm. I'm just. I'm not saying it until I'm. I've got it memorized. <laughs> that's fine. So, <laughs> so luckily,
0: I, I. I'm. I'm going to do my very best. So. If
1: If you missed uh, episode 80 for whatever reason, go back and listen to it. Uh, the TLDR is, uh, we have a new name now. We yep. are no longer motor cult. We are now Carbatrage. Carbatrage. Uh, uh. uh Anyway, so. Nice one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Uh, you have, yeah. oh, we have, we have beer uh, well, that's being drank. Yeah, um,
0: I'm still on the actual physical same beer as we were on I episode got a, 80. I got a northeast, It's good. Perfect. We have recently stuffed our tummies full of Chipotle, which was yes. good that's as well. So also no um, no recalled lettuce that I'm aware of in Chipotle's no. system right now. And so. they listened to your, your name request. They did. I wrote no cilantro as my name, and they got it right. Yep, so there's no By not putting a name it. on the burrito and leaving cilantro out of the ingredients. There so you go. It's Props perfect. to you, um, Chanhassen Chipotle.
1: That is fantastic. Uh, and we are all vaccinated, which we, is a good We thing.
0: are. Thank goodness. So we are all more than three years old. And we are vaccinated. Vaccinated. We have lived. We have. And there's Vaccine, vaccinate your children. That is causation. I never got the causation chicken pox. I, I did get the chicken pox. I was vaccinated and I guess like you can genetically be less prone to getting it. So like my babies are gonna be hella dope. Nice. I had a Jurassic Park marathon with two kids with chicken pox. And my sister had it. I never got it. Yeah, if you didn't get it from two chicken poxy children, you're yeah. probably You know, there. I'm yeah.
1: I'm gonna say right here that's like the difference in her because you, you can say you had a Jurassic Park marathon when you were a kid. Like, I was like seven by the time you could Ryan, let Ryan, let me
0: stop you there. You can have a Jurassic Park marathon at any age.
1: Well, it, see, if you're born in 1991 and the year is 1995, your Jurassic Park marathon will be about an hour and a half because there's going to be one movie.
0: There was like one or two. I yeah, remember. but you could just the watch the same movie over oh, and over that and that over thing. again. Yeah. No, I had a Star Laser Wars marathon. Laserdisc players have a repeat function.
1: Yeah, I had a I had a Star Wars marathon for my uh for my chickenpox party.
0: I didn't have a chickenpox party. I just had a really long bath and then went to sleep.
1: Okay, on that bombshell. But I woke um. <laughs> I woke
0: back up again, so yeah. that's good.
1: That's good. Yeah, you woke back <laughs> up. Thanks to the vaccine. That, I am to. vaccinated. That does not happen with anti-vaxxer kids.
0: No, like, no, they, they go to they sleep. They go to sleep forever. And then, yeah, <laughs> they never wake back up because their parents are retarded.
1: It's like that Close My Eyes Forever song by Lita Ford and Ozzy
0: Osbourne. I'm not sure if I've heard that.
1: I'm not going to say that. Is it, it
0: about anti-vaccinated kids? I,
1: I think so because it's about closing your eyes forever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, Suicide Prevention Hotline is not going to help you on that one if you nope. don't have your vaccines. You need to so. have your vaccines. And I w- I speaking wanna... of vaccines, I want to talk about electric cars. Yeah. Let's talk about so that. We, uh, we talked earlier in the week on the, uh, the podcast about just how cold it was this last week and uh, briefly touched on the Fiat 500E. Uh, and I want to talk about something that isn't necessarily temperature related. I want to talk about if you have one of these things and you're actually putting some miles on it about what you actually do need to do to maintain one because i changed the gear case fluid in mine so basically there's no transmission there's no engine but there's a motor and then there's a three-stage reduction drive with a differential in it okay so i changed the differential oil basically in my car and i posted photos of this on the worldwide owners club page just because like nobody's ever posted mechanical photos of these cars before um And people are like, why would you do that? It's not on the recommended maintenance thing for the car. You don't have to change fluids. I'm like, because it's still a differential, still has giant chunks of metal flinging around at a billion miles an hour, and I beat the ever-living piss out of this car. Also, it's leaking.
1: Well, not only that, um, you see, every time a manufacturer's ever said something is a lifetime fluid, it is
0: not. It's bullshit. Because the company that they buy that part from has a spec, and it's not lifetime.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's Volkswagen. They say you can use your DSG fluid for the life of the transmission, and you can.
0: Yeah, the life of the transmission is to 40,000 miles.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it, just like saying, you can not vaccinate your children, but they're going to live 40,000 miles. Exactly. And they'll be
0: dead Pro- within five years. Probably fewer, actually. 40,000 miles of foot traffic is quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and they will probably get disease doing that.
0: Um, if we count car traffic that the children. Well, it's, are in.
1: that's the thing. It's like I, I don't. At this point, I've got no faith in manufacturer recommendations. Oh for god, stuff. no, no, because no, no, like no. I do like whatever the lowest common denominator is of all cars. Pretty much because like Volkswagen says again, Volkswagen, you can go ten thousand miles on an oil change. Weirdly enough, they have massive timing chain issues, and with they. I wonder respect, why the corporate
0: two liters are so bad? A lot of it is down to the oil change. Well,
1: there's spec to use one quart of oil for every thousand miles. So if you oh my god, yeah, that that's called acceptable oil <laughs> consumption but the, on a two OT, but it isn't. Do that math. <laughs>
0: So let's let's ten quarts of oil per four quart oil change.
1: Yeah, it's a four point nine quart oil pan (laughs) in a two OT. So you will use all of the oil in your vehicle twice over by the time you're ready for your oil change, by using just factory (laughs) factory recommendations.
0: What you're saying is never change your oil in your TSI. Just change the filter once every like five years. I don't think you're supposed to even do that. Oh. Does it have a lifetime filter?
1: No, it's just every 10,000 miles. And I, I don't know. what It doesn't say to do the oil and filter. It says oil change. Yikes. Yeah. So I, there is I'm that. Um,
0: but anyway, I, so I posted the photos of me doing this with, like, the drain plug and the fill plug and where it is and why on the owner's group. And, like, you can't – with text, it's hard to pick up on nuance with, like, sarcasm and, like, hatred and just, like, why the hell would you do this? But, like, people were ass mad that I was, like, somehow servicing and, like, putting – Oil into some part of this electric car. I'm like, it came from the factory with three functional fluids in it. I I'm really changing wish I could thread. I'd love to like, join love to the, the, the Fiat 500E owners club. You can just watch all this go down. But like, people are just like typing these paragraphs about how I didn't need to touch anything in the car. Like, it's maintenance free. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh. Oh, no, no, it still has friction brakes. You need to do brake fluid. Like, there's nothing maintenance free about any it. It still has a diff. Differentials are the same between electric and gas-powered vehicles. They have the same service life, the same fluid, and just—I mean—it's got coolant too. How so. is the car? How is
1: the car maintenance free?
0: It isn't. These people nothing. are just retarded. The people that own electric cars are the worst people.
1: No, they—they they truly are. Well, it's a lot of early adopters that don't really know anything about cars, and they're, just they're buying up in them the for hype. the wrong reason. They're—they're they're, they're caught up in the hype, um, and, and I think more people should buy electric cars and i love electric cars and, and it's they will. not for the reasons why these lentil you know quinoa eating hippies <laughs> um like these cars <coughs> i like right. these cars because they are brutally fast like even
0: a leaf is quick like they're yep.
1: awesome cars so and they
0: i mean they are i mean it's, it's great i mean i think i had better luck with my crappy little ancient ev than i would have with my fj probably on those days yeah probably. I mean, other than just like oh i have to charge it a bunch more today big deal
1: well you know the other thing is, is like, you don't have to worry about like oil freezing or right. like fuel lines yeah. or anything. Like everything was fine like yeah. i just
0: turned the key and like the lcd that shows me all the info was a bit slower to respond yeah shocking there you go <laughs> um i have the same issue as you though the coilovers. Yeah, the, yeah, it, it it really, like yeah, 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 it felt like concrete. Yeah, it was pretty bad.
1: Well, so um, that's actually kind of an interesting little engineering thing. We'll bring that back for a second. Interesting it's engineering. Fluid
0: viscosity, it's all it is. Yeah, it is.
1: But um, <laughs> so when they make coil overs, mm-hmm. they use a different viscosity of oil mm-hmm. inside of them. So if you crack open a uh, coilover, coil over, usually they're they're not gas shock, they're usually an oil based shock.
0: Which is weird.
1: Um yeah. But the uh, oil-based shocks, they, they do that because you can control for mm-hmm. uh, viscosity a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So with that, and when you're doing like custom setups, it's way easier to do that than like have to like totally revalve literally everything. You just put a different viscosity; it can change, it can affect things. Yep, um, different
0: compositions of fluid too. It's it's fascinating. Yeah,
1: it really is. But the um, the oil they use is actually different than your standard car shock uh, because it's designed to take more immediate movement. Um, mm-hmm.
0: It's designed yeah, less amplitude, but more, more, yeah, more um, frequency or whatever. Yeah, frequency, yeah. yeah.
1: More frequency than a- amplitude. So that's why that happens. It doesn't mm-hmm. break down and doesn't mm-hmm. you know break everything. So that's actually why your coilovers do get stiffer. And yeah, like in my van, I forgot to mention that, but mine were, ro- they went from like standard on a day like today. Like it's marginally stiffer in my van mm-hmm. than factory ride quality. Oh, dude, it's I drove
0: over an expansion joint, and I thought the car was going to fall apart. Oh, my, my
1: my dashboard made some really weird noises. Uh, it started like making this, like weird squeaking noise. Bro, bro. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, what? Are both of our cars survived? So yeah, it, yeah, shockingly. But no, it, it went, uh, it went from. Uh, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it went from like stock ride quality to um, like racelands. Yeah. Like uh, just the stiffest like quartz rod with the spring around. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's maybe a little fancy for racelands, but I, 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 yeah. I, think I understand the. Sentiment.
1: Um. Yeah. So that. God, why, why do people think that their cars don't require I – mean, that's so stupid.
0: I, I just – I'm so taken aback that people uh, – not everyone, but the vast majority of people were just like, you don't have to do this. Why are you doing this? Like you Maybe you want to. I, I'm like, preventative care is a big thing. Plus, like, my diff is leaking. Like, it is low on oil. So, like, I have to do this just to keep the car going. Yeah. And, and like, I have the highest mileage one in the group worldwide. So like I am telling you that these are things you're going to have to do probably, at some point.
1: At some point. Well, not only that, it's like you want to do this. Like it is fun to work on a car. That's why we like the hobby. One
0: of the comments was, "Oh my god, I'm so glad I (laughs) lease." In that in that thread, I'm like, "What? A a lease won't allow you to get even halfway to this kind of mileage where you're going to want to do this." B what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what the heck? Like, if you lease a car, you still have to do oil what? changes? One yeah. second.
1: If if you lease a car, why are you in an owner's group?
0: Right? You don't own it. A lessee group?
1: Oh, yeah. Should I like, come back with that? Yeah. Like, this is an owner's group, not a lessee group. Like Leave. Yeah. No. you're. It's like renting <laughs> a house and being proud of being a
0: homeowner. Right? Like, That's you're not a homeowner. That's piss would do. God
1: damn it wait that is exactly what he would do. yeah right he did join up go to electric car beats with a plug-in hybrid
0: i do like that he yeah he does that and he works at tesla but he can't afford one that's hilarious and he like waxes poetic about a car he will never own Uh, pretty much um Um, but yeah that's i I just wanted to mention that i mean uh, most people don't really have a an ear into like a, a bunch of ev owners groups and it's just like i it, it, it's, it's a bummer, because they are the future of enthusiast vehicles, for now, anyway.
1: Well, no, they, they are, but it's, you know... But just right now, the,
0: the demographic
1: and the, what the do you landscape think, is so bad. What, what do you think a Honda owners group is like in 1973? Oh, God. It's probably the same group of nerds. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, no, it's, it'll take a little bit of time, and then
0: <laughs> EVs will be, like... The new hot thing. It will continue to get better, but yes, I so it that will. Was, that was worth mentioning it was so because frustrating I was so just I, I, again taken aback that people were like, "Why would you do that?"
1: They're just like flummoxed. Yeah, just at, oh, that's so stupid. Not
0: lifetime fluid.
1: Um. Anyway, uh, speaking of people that uh, are not car enthusiasts and frequent dealerships, <laughs> Jalotnik had like a nightmare of a story. Oh God. Um well, lay it on me. This guy took his Mustang to uh, this New Jersey Ford dealership. Okay. Um, his name is Sahil Sood. Uh, it was New Jersey. Uh, they have the name further down in it of the dealership. I can't remember. But um, so, Mr. Sood, Su- oh, uh, Stevens Jersey, Jersey City Ford. That's what it was. In Jersey City, New Jersey. Yes. Okay. Jersey's. I know that one. And he was actually wearing a jersey while he was there. Nice for um, whom? I, I don't know for the the jersey. The New jersey, ci- jersey jerseys. Yeah, the New Jersey Jersey jerseys. Okay, cool. Um. So, yeah, he takes his car in <laughs> to get an alignment. Okay. Uh, which is just like, again, something that you do if you want to be sure, because he just wants to make sure that I, nothing's going, you know, poorly. But he um, had a dashboard camera in his car. And so an alignment takes maybe an hour at most. Yep. He was there from about like one o'clock till five o'clock.
0: Yeah. That is more than the allotted time, book That's time, like, yeah, exactly. or reasonable, plausible time.
1: Well, then he gets the car back. It smel- it's, he smells his clutch in his car. Like, he can smell it in the interior. Great. And so he watches the dash cam footage, and it's about three hours of the uh, the technician just joyriding the car around town, going, like, 75 miles an hour, like, a 20-mile-an-hour zone, and it's, like, Flying through, like, traffic and, like, going over potholes, like Mach 5 and, um, like, lo- like slamming on the brakes. And, like, he, at one point, he taught somebody how to drive a manual transmission so they could drive the car in that car. And, like, had, like, three people in the car. And, like, another technician was in the car. And it was just – it was an absolute nightmare.
0: Yikes. Wow. Uh, I'm reading some of the transcripts. Yeah. And this yeah. person doesn't sound terribly eloquent. No.
1: No. Not at all. Wow.
0: This shit be burning out, babe. Yeah. They th- got the wrong one test driving this car. I'm hitting this shit.
1: Yeah. Um, really, just absolutely just the a, a level of stupidity found only in the states of New Jersey and Florida. I really hope the
0: owner of this car gets a substantial settlement.
1: Well, if we scroll down to the bottom, um, all the way down to the bottom. Okay. Right, so back right, up, right, back right, up, back right, up, right, up, right, back, right, up right, back up, back up, back up. So this is his, what he emailed the service advisor or the service manager um okay he requested you know that he, he was like obviously rather put out and before he he was about to post on so- social media but he decided not to he decided to talk to the service manager first and what he asked for was a full refund of services performed at the dealership on that date um, reimbursement of the diagnostic fees performed by another four dealer following the incident clutch replacement and all components uh, and fluids to be replaced to stay in the owner's service manual. Mm-hmm. Brake pads and rotors. Um, full replacement of all four aftermarket tires. No all
0: seasons.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's still better than what the a factory. Weeb. It's better in the factory
0: garbage. i mm-hmm, on there maybe.
1: Uh, with the TPMS install, labor costs associated <laughs> with the replacement of all above, um, and reimbursement for his paid time off of work. Sure. Uh, I get that this guy's pissed off. Also, I really want to talk about how like eloquently he wrote this. Yeah. It, like that's like his legally, ass madness doesn't show. Yeah,
0: no, like he actually like like that's like like lawyer level of thoroughness. Almost, it doesn't have uh, parentheses quotation. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's like that, it, but. it's it covers the same bases though. Like, yeah, no, simpler is usually um, better, and this is pretty good. And he keeps it to one page, so props. Yeah,
1: he did a really really awesome job. Um, and yeah, so like I, I get that he's mad. Um. He's asking for stuff that's a little on the high side, you know, the tires and the brakes, eh, the clutch. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, the Ford dealership came back with, um, nope, we're not doing that. We'll refund you the alignment. We'll refund you the diagnostic fee, and we fired the guy that did it. We've that's done our not part. Enough. And the uh, service manager uh, said, "I don't want. It. I'm not going to be held." hostage, and blackmailed by social media. Bro. So,
0: this... Um, that's not blackmail. That's just doing the right thing because yeah, somebody abused the hell out of your car. Yeah,
1: like, I, this is, like, a ridiculous amount of, like, just lack professionalism on the part of the dealer. Yeah, that's so pretty bad. So I, I get that... Um, I get why he wants this. Like, if this is something like... Yeah, I asked him to do an alignment. It took him five hours and the car was misaligned. Yeah, refund the alignment and <laughs> reprimand the technician. Like, that, that's one thing. But if you have, like, like, video footage of this technician going around and, like, just basically just beating the ever living crap, like, in a way that would void the factory warranty of this car, um, hmm. that, that's definitely something that you should be covering. Like, you should be doing everything in your power to keep this customer happy. If yeah. I had a
0: technician at work that did this. Yeah, but this is a Ford dealer. I mean, the demographic of technician and the clientele is a lot different, and management.
1: Well, no, that's the thing, is regardless of what the demographic of technician I is, agree they should you, there's, be doing there's, a, there's a There's a level of professionalism that you have to, because, you know, the, right. thing, the thing is, you're, if you go to a Ferrari dealership and mm-hmm. if you go to a you know, Mitsubishi dealership, you should have the same quality work being done. right. Like that fits fashion. That pre- bolt
0: that you loosened, it should be tightened correctly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: The same quality of work. This, however, is obviously not happening. And this is obviously a, this at least from what we can tell here, the service advisor, uh, or I guess service manager, to be correct, um, seems to not care about his customer base. I, I, th- I just think if you have a customer that's... Um, Asking for unrealistic demands, such as this guy?
0: Yeah, I mean, his demands are a little unrealistic, but they, they didn't counter well enough. No, they didn't. They just said, no, this is what you're getting.
1: Well, it, this is not a place to take a firm stand. Like, you don't draw your line in the sand with something right, like this. Yeah, the, the first reply
0: should not be like, a, that's, nope. that's what we're offering.
1: No, you're you should be... Actually, sitting there, and you should be on the defensive, trying to mitigate this situation while right, keeping like the customer happy. How about happy. we give
0: you like uh, a prorated cost for damage on a tire and brake pad, like yeah. considering an unreasonably well, high number of miles? Let's <laughs> take
1: a look and at what's right. going
0: on. Like you did ten dollars in damage to each one of your tires. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. Brakes, same type of deal. Exactly. We'll refund the alignment. We'll, we'll pay for your Uber to and from to pick up the car. Whatever, yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: Do that, and then like, given that he did smoke the clutch on the car, like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in favor of him doing the clutch. Yeah,
0: comp a clutch job, sure, fine. Yeah, I mean, that's just
1: something. Probably and, did
0: damage to the flywheel. I No, not know. Well, and
1: that's the thing, is the clutch and flywheel, I mean. That's, that's expensive. And, yeah, you should pay for that other dealership to take a look at it. Like, mm-hmm. if like every now and then, just because I know technicians are not perfect people. If, you know, in the past when I've been working somewhere in my clutch, or not my clutch, my technician like, botched something like a brake pad didn't seat right and was hitting mm-hmm. at a little bit of an angle, it created a squeak. I've had situations where the customer is bad enough that they wanted to take it somewhere else. And what I said to them was, All right, well, how about this? I can't like pay that other dealership. I don't have access to the, the company, company credit card, or whatever, yeah. Or anything. However, what I can do, if you want to take your car and you have that taken care of, any repair work that we do, mm-hmm. I'll take that price off of it and for future work, you know, give you a free oil change or two. I'll make sure a different technician works on your car for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually go out of my way to try and help somebody, and that's what you right. should do. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you don't agree with what that customer wants, like it's just basic customer service that you don't draw your line in the Especially sand. Especially
0: because this, I mean, it's not costing the dealership very much to do it. Yeah, they're out the the cost of the clutch kit. They're out the cost of probably a flywheel. Yeah. Um, beyond that, it's just it's labor. Yeah, no, and... And, and they, they can eat that pretty easily.
1: Yeah, and, and to
0: be honest, who cares if they have to eat it? They should eat it, because that's
1: totally their fault.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, granted, when you take your car in for a service at a dealership like this, what you sign does explicitly state that they are not responsible for any damage that occurs to your car while it's in their possession. But with the power of social media and a dash cam explicitly showing that somebody is mm-hmm. deliberately mistreating your vehicle... Yes. That is extenuating circumstances.
1: It the extremely ex- extenuating circumstances. Uh, furthermore, it's the only time I'd ever talked to a customer like that. Mm-hmm. Is if it's been an ongoing thing. Right. For example, if I say had a customer that had like a 2001 Audi A4 with a V6, oh, and like that, it needed like a time. It needed like five thousand dollars worth of repairs, mm-hmm. and we told him that, and he said. I don't care. I want this fixed. I want the I want my transmission fixed. So we put a transmission in it. And then a week later, after that transmission breaks, that you know the timing chain lets go and needs an engine now. Okay, well the customer uh, refused to use our supplied transmission. We were nice enough to let him use his own parts, and now he's mad at us and trying to get us to warranty stuff. Well. No, no, that's not going to fly.
0: That's why most shops don't use customer supplies exactly. parts. Exactly. So or if they that, do, yeah, no yeah, warranty.
1: If, if in a situation such as that, um, and then you handle it the way that the dealer handled it. We're saying, this is what we're doing. This is our line in the sand. Like This is your fault, and this is us being nice. Mm-hmm. You do that after somebody abuses your kindness. Uh, they've not had any kindness abused. No. This is just a negligent dealership being negligent with garbage customer service. Yep. Like, just take take your car anywhere else other than Jersey City, Ford. Like, that's obviously somewhere you don't want to be taking your car.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, granted, his car is probably effectively no different after this. But, I mean, still, it's it, he should be compensated.
1: No, for. absolutely. It, and that's the thing. Is it's not a matter of what it breaks. Right. Like, no, if you take – you don't take – like, people don't take their Ferraris out to a Ferrari dealership and then hear the car going wide open throttle flying past the front door.
0: Right. Yeah, this isn't Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, it's not. You can't drive it in reverse, man, to undo your damage.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> when Cameron was but but yeah, no, this is a nightmare, I Really, Do not wish this upon anybody. Yeah. that's for piss chugs. But I mean, nobody's going to do
0: that with a Chevy Volt. <laughs> yeah, like this isn't fun enough to go joyride. Yeah, exactly. But I do hope the alignment gets botched if he ever needs one. So uh, I want to swing back to the main thing that it seems like I talk about on this podcast now, which is electric vehicle stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's surprising to everyone. <sighs> Uh, just deal with it. It's fine. No, I <laughs> looked
1: at the the website.
0: Oh, oh, electric.
1: Everything that is stated in this following story is hearsay. <laughs> sure, it's probably.
0: It's I googled uh, Tesla Model Y, and then I grabbed the first link that was recent. Yeah, and there you
1: go. Electric. I don't trust them. Uh, I'm not actually.
0: Plans. I didn't read any of their story. I'm just. I you grabbed something picture. to support it. Yeah, something like that. So, And it's not even the real picture of the Model Y. Somebody did a rendering on it, and you're never going to believe this, but it looks just as ugly as the Model X, but just smaller because they base it the same way they base the Model X on the S. They're going to base the Y on the 3. So it's going to sell really well. It's coming for sure in calendar year 2020, volume production by the end, deliveries by mid-year. We don't know anything about range. Anything about price? I'm assuming imagine it's probably, probably going to be about 50 grand to start. I'm gonna say it's probably
1: be somewhere along the lines of the three.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing it's gonna be same size batteries as whatever's offered in the three at that point, which is probably gonna be something like a 75 to 80 watt kilowatt hours a base, and then a 90 or 100 as a peak. You're gonna have dual motor and single motor options. It's gonna be a SUV. Probably won't have falcon doors, thank God. And that's that. So, but it's officially announced now. This is something that's been in the rumor mill for a long time with you Tesla.
1: Know, Elon Musk has quite the penchant for the name Falcon.
0: He does. I mean, I get that with the SpaceX thing. Also, can we just comment on how many of this same image Foto. is on Electrek's site?
1: Yeah, that's a terrible, terrible blog.
0: I should have picked a better link. No,
1: it's the worst link you could have possibly Well, chosen. it was the firstest link well, that not, I could have possibly that, chosen, they're, they're, too. They're so. about as factual as the National Enquirer.
0: I don't know the words you're saying, but the anyway, national, Model Y is announced. The national we don't Enquire- know anything about it. The National Enquirer is like a tabloid. It's a CUV. It's going to look pretty boring, but it's going to be a pretty good driving car. I'm guessing cause it's based on Model 3. So there's that. It's coming in about a year. Finally, there you go. There are better CUV EVs to buy before then for the same money. So don't buy one of those.
1: Okay. Yeah. I like that.
0: Yep. <laughs> Uh, I suppose I probably should have actually turned on the screen grab there. There is the article we were just oh, talking I about. Oh, don't care! Oh my God, <laughs> get electric out of here! They suck. Yeah, yeah. You'll survive.
1: Um, let's go. What are we looking at now?
0: Uh, let's talk about the three series.
1: Yes. Um, uh, no, I actually I chose the Patreon.
0: You did. I found it kind of cool, and I was buried in there. Um, there's some good we, stuff in there. Just a lot of them are going to take a lot of time. Th- so that's this exactly this easier one. one to this one. Yeah. Th-
1: that's what they are. Um, it's you go through the generations of cars and yep. kind of talk about them. And I decided, just go A, the BMW 3
0: Series. This means I'm going to have to pick the Honda Civic next.
1: No, no, I'll take care of the Honda <laughs> Civic. Right? Don't worry. I got that handled. Um, but no, I want you to uh, talk about the 3. I just wanted to introduce it.
0: But um, <laughs> well, That's fine. I can do that.
1: Yeah, so mm. kind of tell us like what the differences are in the 3. I think, you well, know, Do you want me
0: to start with the E21 3 Series, or do you want me to start with the 2002, which was the original 3 Series? Well, no, not,
1: not really the original 3 Series. Well, okay, but, yeah, the they had B- there the, was the 19- 328.
0: Fine, we're gonna start with the actual modern 3-series. I want to talk about the 328. Nope, we won't be doing that. So, why won't we, why won't we talk fine, about the 328? Fine,
1: Ryan. So, the BMW 3-series started as the BMW 328 in the late 1930s. Uh, it was developed as a roadster that was actually eventually reused into early BMW roadsters in the 1950s. It was largely different, but the same. You know, design roughly the idea, the the two door convertible with front engine rear wheel drive uh was used. Car's actually fairly successful in its classes and rally racing. Um, however, it did not have much of a lineage after World War Two. Good. It was much of a m- very much so a footnote. Now <laughs> I wanted to mention that because that's also the most expensive three series you can get if you buy it at auction.
0: Right now. Yes, they yep. go for over a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, you think of 3 Series, you don't think of nope. this shape. <laughs> but I wanted to show it. I wanted to tell you about that. So, moving on. Okay. Um, is that the only 3 Series you want to talk about? The pre-war 3 Series?
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. I, I kind of like the E21, but I think you probably know more about that.
0: Well, since you brought up something that predated the E21 3 Series, which is where most people acknowledge that the 3 Series began... Nice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I captured um, two ants and I'll we'll start beer. We'll start with the E ten. So the sixteen hundred and the two thousand two, um, everyone knows them all as two thousand twos. That was the beginning of the three series. It's the form factor, it's the fun to drive, it's the cheap, it's the practical, it's the good looking.
1: Can I talk about the two thousand two my one gripe with it? Sure. When I tell people that one of my favorite BMWs is the BMW two thousand two, they mm-hmm. say, Oh, I've got a 2002 BMW as well. Yeah. I've got a 318i or whatever. That's I'm like, my gripe as
0: well. Care. Shopping for parts, you go to eBay and you type in BMW 2002 and engine. And it's all E46 every stuff. single one of them is going to be a 2002 E46 BMW 325 part. <laughs> so what you have to do is type in either E10, okay, which so is the smart, chassis code, yep. or you type in both 1600 2002. Yes, that helps a lot. That's but that's anyway, comforting. this car. It was, it was like when the Datsun 120 came to the United States. Yeah, I mean it was, it was, it was such a change. Mm-hmm. Like this thing was reliable. It was fast. It was cheap. It was really good looking. It just, it bludgeoned everything that was a domestic offering at the time, including pretty much everything that was also being imported from other parts of the world. Well,
1: yeah, because I mean you can't have to think about it. at this point in time that really th- this car was kind of the trio of like sports sedans that came out in the 60s. Right. The 2002, you mm-hmm. had the Julia sedan, mm-hmm. and then you had the Datsun yep. 510 yep. all together.
0: And I mean, yeah, th- this predated the Dotson a bit. I mean, this came out in 1967 for us. So I think the 510 came a bit after the, that. N-
1: they had the 411, which was like a weird in-between. Like, it was still a sporty sedan, mm-hmm. but is vastly overshadowed. The, the 411... The Datsun, the Datsun, it looked a lot like a five ten.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but if you so look, the four eleven is the E twenty one and the five ten is, is the E thirty. Yeah, okay. The
1: four eleven is definitely the E twenty one. Okay,
0: yeah. I got you. That makes perfect sense. Um, but anyway, yeah, at the time, all the imports were just mopping, dusting, cleaning, and rewriting the rules. <laughs> yeah. And that's just what it was. And that car, the BMW, anyway, and the E ten chassis that stayed on for.
1: Well, I think wow, th-
0: almost 10 years, nine years.
1: I, d- I think what we should actually mention is that in this era, this is still pre emissions era, so you still mm-hmm. have big muscle cars and everything. Right. Um, what it kind of reminds me of is performance EVs today. Okay. Where it's really going under the radar. Mm-hmm. People aren't really talking about it that much, but like the writing is really on the wall that this is where things are going. And with... Datsun and BMW mm-hmm. and these early sports sedans, like you had BMW that was just dominating a lot of touring car around the world. Right. Datsun was hot on their coattails as well, and mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. in, in America at least in 1972,
0: Datsun did beat BMW quite badly. And they still do today yeah, in they, a lot of vintage racing. I mean, five yeah. tons are fast cars. They um, are very good cars. But um, the O twos are like 140 horsepower, but they're also like
1: less than 2,000 pounds. <laughs> but you, the other thing that I don't know, a lot of people to talk about: these cars are also moving into muscle car territory. So Datsun, at least not mm-hmm. to take over this as Datsun stuff, but at least this is something <laughs> I we'll know about. Datsun five tens were being used for drag racing, mm-hmm. and they were uh, with factory performance and stuff. They were getting pretty quick. Like you can get, you could get a stock one point you know six liter dots 510 yeah um and with factory upgrades you can get it about as fast as a many was factory
0: yep and no, it's all that's about power to i mean those old uh, mopar muscles and things like that they weren't
1: light no they weren't and, and they
0: didn't hook up for beans either yeah tra- <laughs> their drive
1: lines are just garbage but um no these um elize datsuns they did a really you know, this the first time you ever really saw that. Like, yeah, BMW or like Volkswagens, you'd see like a Porsche engine and a Beetle, or like a really hotted right. up, like supercharged Beetle that would run like 10 second quarter miles, and you have to rebuild the engine every two days. But like these are kind of doing it semi-reliably, and BMW, of course, is doing a touring car in a huge way, way more than most other brands were. Right. Um,
0: yeah, I mean that was motorsports been a focus of theirs since. Th- you the early 60s, so yeah. even potentially a little bit before that, but motorsport was really in its infancy at the time. So the 2002 did a great job in motorsport. I mean, it's still raced every weekend in the world these days, and it's still very competitive. So are the 510s. Yeah,
1: no, I, I mean, that, that's one of those things where I, uh, I'm often, I'm often having to like write about the 510 mm-hmm. in, like, a very pro 510 manner. Um, in all reality, the BMW 2002 and the 510 were mm-hmm. very well ri- very close and as rivals. Yeah. No, know. it's
0: interesting racing to watch.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're very good cars. I can't say that. I, I would say that they're equals.
0: Yeah, I, I really like them both. I see them in the same events all the time, and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I, I can't really say like, you know, I can't say with a hundred percent honesty mm-hmm. that a 2002 is worse than a 510.
0: I think the 510 looks more modern too. Well, I don't care about modern looks.
1: Oh, Because I actually like the 411 more than the 510. Mm-hmm. I love the looks of the 411. Um, But, I mean, did the 2002 have independent rear suspension?
0: Uh, Yeah, it had semi-trailing arm, independent rear suspension. Okay, so, yeah, same thing with the, with the 510. And it had AR McPherson strut in the front. Same thing with the 510.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I mean, they're literally the same car. Yeah, yeah so. I
0: mean, I'm sure a lot of the parts would, like, fit between them, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm, At least I'm carb- guessing the Datsun probably, yeah, definitely carbs. I'm guessing the Datsun probably had a stronger differential. Uh, it might have had a five-speed gearbox. Yes, it did. So yeah. It was
1: a BMW four. Four Four-speed. Okay, so. so
0: that's probably That's probably Why the Datsuns actually do
1: beat them a lot in races—the mm-hmm. extra gear.
0: Yeah. So, I, and a lot of that's just you know parts, been parts coming through the through the years in the 2002. Obviously, a lot of the cars racing these days and vintage racing are E21 five speeds with the beefier diffs. Yeah. So that helps a lot. But at the time, I'm sure the, you know, the the drivers of the BMWs had to be that bit better to edge out the five tens. So. And I
1: think that that's another thing is you know you have a car. The BMW was a very well-balanced car mm-hmm. uh, with a better driver. And often. it was lighter. It was lighter. But the 510 had the beefy parts from the start yep. because they did a very lazy job making that car because most of the parts from a 240 will just kind of bolt <laughs> into it. <laughs> like, Weird. The, the only thing <laughs> be it's a little funky is playing the inline six into it, mm-hmm. so they just lobbed off two cylinders. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's they're very, very... Very close cars. I think that mm-hmm. that's why the Datsuns, at least in, in era, mm-hmm. outperformed the BMW was because they had that factory, like, they already had the beefy parts available.
0: Right. I mean, the engine wasn't quite as potent or quite as beefy, but everything else in the driveline was, and that yeah. made a big difference, especially getting that ester ratio, because it lets you take advantage of the power band that's there on the engine.
1: It's it's kind of like the 190E uh, Cosworth versus E30 M3 racing. Like, they're...
0: Kind of, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, the the... Is really kind of track based, and the yeah. E30 just happened to be a, a little bit better
0: on those tracks. <laughs> the E31 because of its engine.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> if you put those two cars together, mm-hmm. you know, it you can't say that one's objectively worse. I just want them both. Yeah, it, it, and that's how I feel about the 510 and the 2002. I want yeah, them both. I know. So yeah.
0: So anyway, let's let's move on to a car that people don't want, and that is the E21 3 Series, which came in 1977.
1: This I. This is one where I just don't understand why people don't want it. I don't it, really get it's it either. It's a good car. It
0: is, but the reason why it's not popular is because it was bookended yeah, by was. the yep. E10 and the E30, which are both better cars. It's true. Yep, but the the E21 is like the E36. It's a fantastic, a fantastic, fantastic, holy crap, parts bin car for its prior generation brethren. So, like, an E21's best honor is to be parted out and put into an E10 to make yep. it better. So, you Light. get the five-speed, the beefier engine, the better diff, uh, it's better suspension. It's a suspension. <laughs> Yeah, essentially. And then the E36 is the same thing for an E30. You take out the steering rack, you take out the engine, transmission, throw it all in the E30, and it's a better car. So, it has its upsides and downsides. But the E21 had a lot of modern features. I mean, this was... <sighs> it... it 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 didn't have any real suspension changes from the 2002 so people no, are that's like fine. well you're you're putting a heavier car on the same suspensions like why but this was also in the peak of you know emissions and fuel crisis so they are you know putting what? really if underpowered engines if in if you it. are
1: looking for a car mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. in the years 1978 yeah you're going to have a hell of a hard, well, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to find something better than an E21 3 series
0: i would go W123 but yeah
1: well, What I mean is, like, again, th- is that objectively better?
0: No, because it was all automatic.
1: Exactly. And
0: I know the Datsuns were plug-ugly in this era. Man, I'm trying – what was the best car you could, like – what would you buy if you were shopping for a new car in 1978? This is going to be a part of the tangent here, but
1: – Well, all right, so I guess <laughs> within this price range? No, just, just anything. Just in, in I general?
0: I mean, like, try to avoid supercars. Like, avoiding, no Lamborghinis, but
1: – Avoiding supercars – 1978, I have to buy a car. -hmm. Um, Am I aware of the future? No. Buy a Fox Body Mustang.
0: They had Fox Body Mustangs in 78?
1: 78 was the first year of the Fox Body, yeah. Um, I would say that or... uh, Huh. No, no. Celica. Because I think that was the first year that they redesigned the Celica.
0: That, yeah, I think I would get something Japanese.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd probably get the Celica. Because... That was the first year that they redesigned it and they had that cool, like, boxy shape that what was around year? for
0: like it was the one, it was the um, uh, what year did the 2000 GT come out? The two, that's
1: like the 60s. 60s, yeah, I was Shoot. super old. Yeah. I don't know, plus, that was a super car, it was a hundred thousand, like, a hundred thousand dollars. So, fine, yeah, it's like I just not, want, I just want one of those. I want
0: a reason <laughs> to like hypothetically buy a 2000 GT. <laughs> it's
1: just, it is such an expensive car,
0: um. I would yeah. try to find, like, a, a dealer, a second 2002, 1976, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I would, I would probably say, like, yeah, it'd probably be a Celica. Ooh, I got, no, I got this. Hmm. A W116 450 SEL
1: 6.9. Was that new? That would be very cool. Yep. That, that, I think that, that was the prob- first year of
0: that 6.9 S class. That would
1: probably be the coolest car that you can get. It
0: wasn't efficient at all. <laughs> I'm but, um, Shocking, right, with the yeah, 6.9 origin?
1: But I would say... Um, Ooh, no, uh, 928.
0: No, too unreliable, especially the early ones. And it's a supercar. And I'm not calling that super. Performance. Maybe a 911. That would be a decent option.
1: Mm, supercar. If you're not gonna call it a 928, a supercar, then 911 definitely. Anyway,
0: is a supercar. so yeah, the E21.
1: The I mean, E21. It, the E21 would be up there.
0: E21 like, had a much better interior. It was much more hospitable. It looked much more modern. I, I would put
1: it in the top five.
0: It, okay, yeah well, oh, okay i it's, was just it's top general top e21 yeah. factoids yeah. Well, um, it, i
1: mean just like about like for malaise cars it's in the top five
0: right yeah. yeah okay yeah i mean yeah e21s were catalyst cars like early catalyst cars i mean they weren't as powerful right. way slower yep so I, in the united states obviously we never got the six cylinder here because of the fuel crisis thing but it, it gave you a lot of flexibility for like bigger brake modifications and things like that i mean they were nice cars They were. They just didn't drive as well as a 2002 because it had the same stuff with more weight.
1: This is also the first generation that is objectively better than Mm -hmm. that's Datsun competitor. I don't know what Datsun was making in 19. They were making the B210, and uh, still in America, they called it the 510, even though (laughs) it was not a 510. (laughs) (laughs) But the B210 was definitely closer to the 510. Okay. Uh, Those have. Quite an extensive racing pedigree, Um but they were not anywhere near on par with, with the E twenty one. It's just not you, you. can't compare them because, like the E twenty one, on top of having like the ability to be,
0: I mean, how is the racing pedigree for the E twenty one? Almost none, just because of the t- you know the time really? in which it okay. was introduced. I mean, there just so, wasn't yeah, I guess much the, racing. I guess the
1: Dodson was actually like it was raced a
0: lot. Like, mm-hmm. there,
1: I mean, there was a lot of racing that was happening there. Like
0: well, we never got the six cylinder E21 here,
1: so that that's probably why. It's yeah, BMW kind of backed off of it for then. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say as a car though, I, I do like the E21 more than the B210 because the B210 to be like, like in factory condition is just an awful, awful vehicle. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> and not coming tr- from you, that means it's I, awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: if you you should probably just throw one up on the screen so people can see
0: a Datsun B two ten.
1: Yeah, like type in like nineteen seventy eight Datsun B two ten, and we can compare and contrast the two. Because it's one of those cars where
0: I've. So often did the B two ten have like anything cool going for it technologically or no?
1: Uh. Gr- yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh
0: man! Oh yeah. Yeah, see what I mean? The E twenty one head and shoulders. The E twenty one looked like a modern BMW at least. That that rear end looks. Terrible. It looks like an Austin princess that like made sweet love to the wrong kind of. If you take
1: in. if you take the worst parts of like a Renault 14, like a Dacia 1300, for those of you, the car from PUBG, the Dacia from PUBG, um, gotcha. and you combine that with like the worst parts of yeah, like any other car on Earth, you just put those together is just
0: the worst thing. So as
1: opposed to that, which is an a
0: objectively pretty car i mean it does look pretty good yeah that's a really really good looking car so there's an e21 bmw3 series and yeah 1978 that is that's really good looking like i get why people were would buy those
1: those wheels look familiar (laughs) yeah and actually (laughs) oh jeez oh another thing i went
0: back to the datsun (laughs) yeah
1: well all right so let's just look at this datsun for a second because while you have the E21 that actually looks really awesome. Uh has like really pretty designs that the roof and everything, that Dotson just falls apart.
0: That Dotson looks so seventies and the E twenty one looks so eighties.
1: You know I I think our way to describe it is that E twenty one is everything that's right with seventies and that dotson's
0: everything that's wrong. With the 70s, yes, yeah. yes, that's yep. Because mm-hmm. this is like the worst era for Dotson by far. This like, is the worst era for pretty much everything. Yeah, the that, 70s I mean, didn't have a lot of great stuff going on in it.
1: It was the I think the, the 70s were the era that really put Dotson on the road to Carlos going, coming <laughs> in. Because
0: <laughs> that's maybe a bit of a stretch, but well, okay. no, all
1: right. So th- this one thing, because the E21, that was the first like, the, or I guess was the second really good selling um BMW
0: these sp- didn't sell very well well
1: i mean for the era compared to Datsun compared me. to Datsun yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean
0: this car put BMW in a lot of financial trouble
1: well this car was very pretty and this car you know well actually people that don't know about a car they will look at and say that's yeah. a good looking car Once driving down the road mm-hmm.
0: people will look at the Datsun and go "Jesus, look at that Datsun no look at that 70s punk of Ugh. yeah
1: so that Datsun didn't do Nissan any favors um <laughs> This did
0: BMW favors in the long run. Yeah.
1: And that's where kind of that's well, split gave them comes a lot from of technology, a
0: lot of visual cues.
1: Exactly. While BMW used this time to actually make things better, mm-hmm. Datsun had to like totally ground up redesign more than <laughs> once. Um, weird, I wonder why. Which is I believe it or not, more expensive. Oh, and while they're doing the ground-up redesigns, they still have to keep the parts in production for those for another ten years.
0: Oh, awesome!
1: Yeah, so that really hurt Datsun. <laughs> while the E twenty one actually <laughs> it used a lot of recycled parts from the two thousand two, mm-hmm. it modernized the two thousand two,
0: and it created a lot of stuff for the early thirties. Exactly. Like so the, the this is powertrain, this is, even the engine.
1: This is a clean transaction, uh, like tra- transition. Transition. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Datsun B two hundred ten was like, now you have to take a quantum leap.
0: Yeah. You have to, which I mean, they did.
1: You have to ground up, redesign everything, <laughs> and
0: they did. And
1: you yeah. know what happened? It was good. It they, they was great, and they went out of business <laughs> 20 years later, and they had to like, they'd have like Renault like save them from like certain and
0: failure. And voila, was born. Yeah, and
1: well, that's the thing is, <clears throat> Nissan like that really kind of set them on a transaction of, or like, on footing that. Mm-hmm. caused them to stumble mm-hmm. while the e21 really lined up bmw to just take off the way that they did mm-hmm. with the e30 right and, and with the e30 and let's they talk about i that.
0: mean they did yeah so they they took a lot of visual cues from the e21 they took both powertrains So they took the two liter four-cylinder m10 and they took the 2.3 liter inline six m20 which was one of two timing belt engines that BMW ever made for some reason. I have no idea. Um, but they took every other component that mattered from a 5 and a 7 series. So the differentials got really beefy. The transmissions and got. And the E3? Beefy. Yeah. Really? So, like, all the transmissions were straight out of the 5 series. The differentials, straight out of a 5 series. So, I mean, all they did was they take a really, really well made, proven formula from the E20, well, sorry, um, yeah, the E23 7 Series, the E24 6 Series, the E28 5 Series, and the E12 5 Series. And they didn't miniaturize it. They just made it fit. So they re- de- redesigned the semi-trailing arm rear suspension to what we you know, have all mm-hmm. the way through that M-Coupe that we just saw. It's the same suspension as Really? The E30, same suspension. Um, and that was the basis I, for the E36 and the E46 with very little change.
1: I can't tell you how many times Dots had to change stuff around, like...
0: The E30, they just got it right. Yeah, like, in the 80s, like, they changed around stuff so much. And rolling changes are usually good, but it's it's usually to fix quality or performance issues.
1: Yeah, like, but no, what Dotson had to do by comparison was um, they had to redesign, redesign, redesign. Luckily, they finally got, like, it took them until, like, the the 80s, like, the end of the 80s when they made the S13 to get things right. Right. And then, luckily, yeah, when they true. made the <laughs> by the time they made the S thirteen, that's like the waning days of the E thirty.
0: I like that we're getting Datsun out of the way at the same time as we're getting the E thir- or the three series generations out of the <laughs> way. <laughs> There's just as much data about that. Um, well, the, the the whole Datsun it's a solid thing, comparison, it, though.
1: It's it's a solid comparison, but the uh, the thing is, is that the three series, um, consistently, mm-hmm. was a sports sedan. Right. Right now, I'm talking about sports coupe, because. Datsun didn't have something that held up to the 510, mm-hmm. and they started switching things around a ton. And eventually, we got into the Sentra as their. That's a front wheel drive car, though. It now is a front wheel drive. Uh, the Sentra has had precisely
0: one standout generation ever. Is the that the one that's still in production in South Africa or whatever? Or in in then
1: Mexico, they just discontinued. Yeah, the B13. Yeah. 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 They had one standout generation. Everything else has been like. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Like, I really like the B12 Sentra, but I like it not for performance. Like I, I think it's just a very pretty car. They did a really cool design job designing it
0: what what year range like the 92 80, like 85 oh, the one 86 before that. Ones. Okay.
1: It, it's like right. a boxier version of i was gonna say
0: the one i'm thinking of is like 92 to something
1: Yeah, the, the, it looks just like those with so boxier okay um i think it's a very pretty design but they Shocker.
0: it wasn't a good car
1: um <laughs> like as far as performance goes it doesn't hold up
0: and that was happening alongside the e 30
1: yeah so that's why now it, like the only competitor at nissan has to e30 would be the 240 you know, As far as rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. affordable, you know—you can still live with it. Mm-hmm. And now, well, cool, now it's a sports car. Well, mom's not going to buy a sports car. <laughs> she's going to buy a sports sedan.
0: <laughs> and she's yeah. going to go over to BMW. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and this is along the time when the E30 came out, the first couple of years, in Europe anyway, they had um, Bosch KE Jet. Yeah, KE Jetronic. KE, so it was electronic, Yeah. the early first-gen system. So it was the high-impedance, really, really garbage EFI, but it was still reliable. And then the year after that, they got the Motronic system, which is what ran all the way through 1995 in all German cars, with obviously different variants. I mean, these E30s not only were built with parts that were just ridiculously oversized and made them incredibly durable... They were really capacious. They were really fuel efficient. They were incredibly reliable because of this yeah. modern fuel injection system. The styling was incredible when it launched in 1983. Oh, it was b- I an mean, absolutely beautiful just car. beautiful car. Um, offered in two-door, four-door, later convertible. Offered the first ever um, in the U.S. Yeah. First ever all-wheel drive system in a car. Yep. Production car. Um,
1: it, they also had the wagon version, and they have that yep. whole weird Bauer. The Bauer,
0: but the Bauer was a retrofit. So yeah. they, they would ship uh, a factory coupe so, to wait, Bauer wait. TC.
1: So the actual convertible was mm-hmm.
0: made by BMW? Yes. Really? Yeah, I So it know started that. in 1987. So that okay. happened a bit later, but it was BMW. It wasn't like an ATS conversion or anything like that. It is a, a standalone car. It's got almost a completely different floor pan that's got you know different door jams it's got a different, totally engine different bay. vehicle yeah yeah a lot of the stuff transfers over which is kind of nice but yeah. the vert it's 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 had a lot of changes done to it <laughs> and, and i, I it's actually not a popular I, car but i like I, them.
1: I really like the convertible
0: me too um my first two e30s were convertibles and they were yeah great.
1: and what i like is also like that they're a little bit cheaper <laughs> they're, they're a lot cheaper I know, well i mean I, I shouldn't say a lot cheaper I, a lot cheaper compared to like a, like a e30 like m3 um, no,
0: like even just a 325, like an 87 325i versus an 87 325i-C, that's like a third the price for a convertible. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah so it's way cheaper. I mean,
1: it's, and that's honestly the way to go. I agree. Having You've said that the convertible drives about on par with the iX as far as... Uh, it's can faster
0: than an iX. Um, so it, it rides more solidly in a way. To be honest, the iX that
1: I've driven... Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a lot. I, I like that. I mean, like it's I-X not that they're are, bad cars. No. It's just
0: that the regular rear-wheel drive hardtop E30 exists.
1: Yeah, no, it's it, it's relatively speaking, not a good car. Right, but, but it's no, still the, the
0: verts. I still have a soft spot for those. If I ever found like a really clean like Calypso red or green late model plastic bumper E30 convertible, I would buy it.
1: Yeah, I, well, the w- only way to buy the convertibles with uh, the plastic bumper is big tails, which tail they lights. got
0: like three years after the rest of the thirties too. So they
1: they did the big taillights on the on the convertible, right? Or they did. I, okay, as is same 1991
0: to 1993, where everything else got an 88 and 89.
1: Yeah, because the 91 to 93, I thought I want to make sure yeah. I wasn't crazy where I said this, nope. but I think that uh, the big taillight, plastic mm-hmm. bumper convertible, I think that might be outside of the M3 the best looking E30 you can get.
0: I'm, yeah, maybe I really like the wagon, but
1: the wagon's also a beautiful car. I think we should also talk. The about The plastic
0: that. bumper verts are really something to behold. Yeah, they're very well proportioned. Just it's very dignified, gorgeous. very yeah. dignified looking car. So, yeah, the E thirty BMW was in a lot of financial straits when that car came out. They spent their entire bankroll on that car yeah, and they, its development, and it yeah. paid off. It did. And it, yeah, it set them up for the E thirty six, which is the first ever CAD car. Um, I just don't like the styling. I don't so, know if I ever will, but...
1: Um, going back to the E30 yeah. the, uh, wagon, though.
0: Yeah. I do want to talk about that. Because
1: they did something with that wagon mm-hmm. that used to be very common, but nobody does these days. All they did was extend the roof, mm-hmm. and it looks perfect.
0: Yeah, I know. I think... It's, it's what you can do in MS Paint these days. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really
1: think that that looks perfect. It's like... um. One of my favorite designs like of all time for like a car mm-hmm. is the CB7 Accord Coupe. Because it takes the, what the CB7 Accord sedan does. Mm-hmm. They change almost nothing, and they make it a two-door, mm-hmm. and it just makes everything flow perfectly. I think that it, it's the same thing, where it's just the most minor of change mm-hmm. to the car, and I think that it, it's really one of the best-looking wagons of all time i put that up there with, like the that AMG SEL W one twenty three wagon. Uh, that they yeah, made? the the uh, that well, the no, the AMG SEL wagon that they made. Or no, it wasn't oh. AMG.
0: I think it was ABC exclusive. That they, uh, they they made a a, a few factory yeah. one twenty six wagons. I,
1: I'd say a one twenty six wagon was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this and
0: they made a seven series wagon prototype in the mid eighties too. That'd be very cool. It's really neat. Um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the Cressida wagon. Like I haven't I, seen that. <laughs>
1: The MX seventy three Crescent <laughs> wagon is a very cool car. It
0: had just full size cars made into wagons. It had
1: dual incredible. rear wipers. Oh, it was yeah. very cool. I like
0: the Camry. Yeah,
1: like that's where the Camry got it from, actually. Nice. Yeah. Oh I a, suppose, same yeah. company. Yep. That makes um, sense. But yeah, it's And the FJ's triple windshield wipers. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but no, for me to put the put something on par with a a <laughs> MX seventy three wagon, it's that takes a lot. That's a very cool wagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that is it? They make a wagon and they like, totally redesign it. Like I don't want that. I don't want a, just a car looks like a sedan with a, some extra roof on. the Right. End. Just like, make
0: it a long roof one.
1: Yeah, that's what I want. Like my like my Subaru. I love the design of that. I just love it. Just like a flowing
0: long roof that goes on for days. I just that's use great. the clone stamp tool on Photoshop. Yeah. Just. just <laughs> pshhh, <boop. laughs> now we're done. Exactly. Finished. New car done.
1: Now let's go on to the E36. E36 e yep.
0: This one I think we. Uh, so there's, there's some handoff in the years. So the E30 technically ended in 93 with the convertible. E36 technically started in 1991 with the sedan. Uh, the coupe came to us in 1992. The convertible came to us in 1995.
1: Famously, this is the car used in uh, the movie Logjammin'. And
0: the chase. Yes. Which d- was d- a d- terrible movie
1: you remember in the Big Lebowski, the boom, porno, boom, that funny. Boom, 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 boom,
0: boom. Yeah. It was brand new at the time. Yeah. That is very cool. i yep. So, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, the E36 was, like, super cool. Yeah, right. Actually, I never wait, knew wait, about that, the
1: E30. That car, the when did they start doing the uh, the E36 convertible? I just
0: told you, like, twice. It's
1: 1995. 90. All right. So, the Big Lebowski yeah. took place in 1991. Really? Yeah, they say that in the movie. Oh. Because they're, yeah, they're, they they're, they're invading Iraq. Oh, it, right. Oh, yeah. And Jeffrey Lebowski writes the date on his check, and the year is 1991. So, yeah, that's a huge... That's a huge... Unless this is a porno from the future. Which, we're going to assume it is. That's something Jackie Treehorn would actually do, because he was investing in porno technology. So, yeah, that makes sense. This is... Uh, E36 future.
0: Coupes would have existed potentially in 1991, but yeah. not the convertibles. Yep. And the 318i was not a thing until 1993.
1: Hmm. I did not know that.
0: And, yeah, I guess the Compact also came out in 1994. The, the Ti? The Ti, yep. You know, the Ti I actually don't like. And then the Z3 is technically an E36. That came out in '96.
1: Everybody knows that's the best E36.
0: It is the best E36. I think the
1: only E36 outside of a 3
0: that I would ever have any remote interest in would be a TI. The TIs are fascinating because they're cars we got in the U.S., but they were like you get in that thing and like the interior is all different. It's like completely Euro. It's got Euro like cloth '90s pattern seats in it. Yeah, like it's really cool. The dash is set up in a much more utilitarian way. Like other than the gauge cluster and the steering wheel, nothing else in there is shared. With the A36. So
1: I remember way back in the day, like when I first used the
0: internet. Oh, no. i go on the BMW's
1: website. That's what I'd, you
0: did when you first used the internet?
1: Yeah, I went on gijo.com, hotwheels.com, and BMW.com. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, you used it differently than I did.
1: Uh, well, this, I was also like, what, like six years old? Okay, fine. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> i go on the BMW's website and I'd configure a car. i configure, like, the coolest, like, 318 Ti. Uh, it was, like, my favorite BMW. Uh, I remember I was able to get one up to like $36,000 once. Oh, man. Like, just every option in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, I want tire totes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I want this jacket. <clears throat> exactly. Like, give me those aftermarket wheels.
1: I'm not going to use them. Give me all of the wheels. Oh, man. Yeah, then I got really bummed out when they discontinued it. And then we'll talk about it. It the... had a pretty good run. Like yeah, was four a... years. And then they made that horrible e46 we didn't get that i know we didn't but we'll we'll get to
0: that later yeah so e36 compact interesting that's an e36-6 okay. the z3 drop top is an e36-7 also and the, the roads or the the coupe is dash that's eight.
1: the first german bond car
0: was the z3 the first german bond car yes.
1: previously it had been all aston martin lotus hmm. uh and then technically a citroen
0: yeah, so that baby blue Z three one point nine that they did speed.
1: absolutely nothing with in the movie.
0: Yeah. They like parked it next up next to a plane and then drove off once they, they, they and then showed a- us the stinger missiles behind the headlights but did nothing with them.
1: Yeah, they um they had some budgetary confinements. <sighs> during Goldeneye.
0: That's <sighs> such a great movie, though. I know, it really is. Goldeneye's a fabulous movie. Well, film. That,
1: that's why that they, that's why they didn't have any, like, car chase scenes with that car in mm. Goldeneye, but if, in the n- next two Bond movies, the Tomorrow BMWs, yeah.
0: Uh, Although, no, Goldeneye had some good car chases. It was the DB5 and the 355.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't a, that was a race, not a chase. It's different. Fine. But, I mean, and that was still pretty tame, though. I guess. But, um... No, that's why they didn't James, like stop this car, that. That didn't have like the, all the special effects and everything was because they were budgetarily confined. Oops, because the Timothy Dalton movies did so
0: terribly. Oh, well, Pierce Brosnan was the best Bond. So yes, I agree. <laughs> we've discussed this. Yeah, we've had this conversation um, many a time. Yeah, e 36s is uh, all twin cam engines, so that was not yep. a first. The the E3318i near the end was the first to be a three series with a double cam engine.
1: But this, I think we can say that this was the first whole generation where they exclusively used twin cam.
0: In the United States, yeah. The uh, Turbo Diesel 325 E36 was a single overhead cam, but we didn't get that. Um, Everything else was twin cam. 2.5, well, I guess 1.9 liter, 1.8 liter, 2.5 liter, 3 liter, 3.2. Ran through the entire gamut. Really reliable engines, the M50 series.
1: Or you could be like Kurt and have a 6 liter. What? You know Kurt from MA Performance? No. Oh, he's got a. Uh, I, th- I thought you knew Kurt. Maybe I don't it's know. Kurt Thomas. He's like six foot thirteen. I know the name. He is. He's, he's he's like six foot thirteen. Did he put a small block tall. in it? Uh Tall. Yes. Uh, LS. Yeah, everyone MA. knows that's fine. But he actually is doing a really cool job with. It. He's not just like throwing one in, and calling it a day. He's actually like it's a built, like actually like professionally built LS, and then he's actually backing up with, like a roll cage in it and actually making it like, look aesthetically pleasing. so He's yeah. doing a cool job with it. It's
0: not going to be as cool as a twin-turbo flathead that I'm going to put in mine.
1: Yes, that's what you should build those. Going flathead. to. I, as
0: soon as I find nope. a clean E36 M3 sedan. Can you tell me, speaking of the E36, yeah.
1: why you don't like the E36?
0: It's not well-made. How so? The interiors fall apart. Okay. Door panels, interior, the cooling systems aren't particularly good because they're all made out of plastic. Yes. The E36 was the first ground-up, complete CAD-designed car. So they're harder to service because nobody ever actually worked on them before they put them into production. Everything was based on this, like, 90s plastic. Everything's ABS, everywhere they could get away with plastic. ABS plastic. Yeah, Yeah. and, I mean, they had a lot of really good technological improvements. Like, it was the first car to ever have uh, an injection-molded plastic intake manifold. First one ever to That's do that. That's pretty cool, actually. Um, it was one of the first production vehicles in the United States, if not the first, to have uh, individual coil-on-plug direct ignition. That was in 1991, so really early. Uh, that one is One of the super first ones to, to have uh, variable valve timing in 1992. Um, so I mean, it had a lot of really great technical advancements. the The reason I don't like E36s is, is mainly because of how poorly put together they are in comparison yes. to the bookending models. Again. Just like the E21 in the middle of the E10 and the E30. So they're great parts donors. They're wonderful track cars. If you're going to build a track car these days, you're still absurd E36. for not getting an E36 No, that, and
1: that's the thing. is that, that's, that's what Kurt's building as far as he mm-hmm. wants a silly track car just Right,
0: and it's cheap. And you, you cannot get a chassis that cheap, that's that competent, that strong, and has cheap LSDs for anywhere near what E36 is going I, for. I
1: think the, the other thing about the E36 is um, they made a trillion of them.
0: They did. They were very popular. Extremely popular and not necessarily collectible, so nobody's gonna get mad at you. There are a few that are collectible in this country, but we got screwed in this country because we didn't get like
1: the we M3 didn't get the real M3. M3. Yeah. Um,
0: all of our M3s got because of emissions and su- sulfur and the fuel problems, we got basically tuned up 325 and 328 engines, so stroked out, you know, bored out, better cams, and they made you know, pretty I, good horsepower.
1: That's why they feel easy to me because I've driven, yeah. I've driven the E forty six M three. Yeah, I've never driven an E thirty M three with a real uh, like S fifty engine. Yeah, I know they're sure they're slow, but I've driven like many other like M threes. I've driven a one ninety Cosworth, but I've never.
0: Uh, I I I always always felt like that the E thirty six
1: M three was kind of lazy.
0: Yeah, and that's just because of what it is. I mean, our engine was much more reliable just Mm because of what it was based on, but we never got the full fat S fifty B thirty two. Um, the first real M engine we got, okay, in the newer generations of cars, we got the old ones, obviously, but it was the E46 M3 with that S54 B32. So, yeah, the uh, the interior quality was a huge letdown. Um, they weren't galvanized or anything, so they tended to rust really quickly. Yeah.
1: Wow, that's shocking.
0: Yeah, BMW didn't really galvanize until 1996, which isn't really a huge deal. I mean, E30s aren't galvanized; they don't. Yeah, really but I mean, so like
1: they, the E36 just seems to rust like a pig. Yep. I, even though you look at it, you're like, "This shouldn't rust." It does. That's made cool. out of plastic.
0: How can plastic rust? Well, we've well, engineered it. N- well, o- not only
1: that. Why, when you look at E30 versus the E36, yeah. the E30 is way more old complex old, complex old grooves for salt sit, whereas like the E36 is like largely slab
0: sided mm-hmm. and doesn't have that much. They like, found yeah. a way. Yeah, really. Obviously, the rust in different spots. E36 is it's like jack points. It's the spot beneath the trunk latch, mm-hmm. uh, bottoms of front fenders and that's pretty much it. Actually, they're pretty solid other than that. So
1: they kind of, they kind of rust out like a Mark III
0: uh, They just golf. rust out in areas where they didn't quite engineer the paint thickness correctly, I think, or oh, okay. just like you know where you get abrasion from salt and sand and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so they didn't think of that. Yeah. E36 is uh, technically very impressive. They cut cost, I think, in areas where they shouldn't have, and that's that. The styling is obviously pretty controversial as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that the E36 um, – most importantly i think the the issue i have with that car is it seems to be not as dramatic mm-hmm. as the e30 or the e46 was
0: well they're all pretty understated cars well i mean
1: dramatic as far as like the e30 had those the beautiful like circular headlights the e46 had the you know the really nice rear end on it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the e36 is like if you get like a list of things I like in a car, I should like the E40, the E36
0: more. All right. Yeah. I just it doesn't do it. it just for me. Doesn't seem like a cohesive design to me. No, it doesn't. It it feels very, um, very dry. It just feels kind of low rent to me. I mean, it never feels like an expensive car.
1: No, it does. Whereas the
0: E46, you get into a base model E46, even like twenty years later, you're like, this is a pretty nice car. Yeah.
1: It's. I think. What the E36 represents—it represents everything people don't like about German cars, a car that's technically advanced, technically performs
0: bad cooling system,
1: <laughs> terrible cooling system. Oh,
0: not to mention all the automatics until like 1997 were a four-speed French-made GM automatic.
1: Ugh. But no, they're—they <laughs> are. Um, yeah, no, it's—it's it's the fact that they're very—they're uh, too dry, they're too clinical. They yeah. don't. They don't feel like they have a soul to them, and that's how I feel about the E46, is that I think
0: the E36 probably has more of a soul. I'm. So, than I'm,
1: sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to say E36, not the E46. I actually like the E46. Me too. But no, the the E36. It feels like it doesn't have a soul. Doesn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. It just. It, it just is. Yeah, and that's what it is. Is it? It blends in.
0: Really well. It's an on-paper car. It's a great car if you're driving to the Walker Modern Art Museum in (laughs) Minneapolis, and it really that car is. You you walk up to anyone on the street, and you let you point at an early 36 Like, what year did that come out? They're gonna be like probably 1992. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly You're what you exactly out. right. Like and that's what the world looked like. Like that car is the Friends TV show when it launched. Yeah. I hate the <laughs> car. I hate Friends. Yeah. And but it, it is. I mean It really
1: is. And it's it's also um another thing. I really just don't I'm not a fan of the nineties as much as I am the eighties and that car is extremely nineties. I love the nineties, I don't like the E thirty six. Yeah, and I think the E thirty six, the other thing is um it's nineties but it's too boxy for the nineties. Yeah. It's just, I I, I just, I I want, there's like, I've tried really hard to love it. Like, I really have. Like, I've tried to like it, because, like, I can
0: afford it. But I just can't. It just doesn't do it for me. None of the E36s out there that can be purchased for an affordable sum of money are affordable cars. So, let's talk about the E46. Okay.
1: Because the E46 is a much better car.
0: It is. So, again, a year of overlap. The E36 technically stopped in 1999. E46 technically started in 1998. Uh, We got a significantly updated crop of engines basically we got world engines finally so all of our base cars had full aluminum blocks with iron liners finally everything else before was iron uh we got double variable valve timing everything else was kind of an evolution on the engine beyond that we still got really unreliable cooling systems which is cool um rm3 that came two years after introduction in 2001 full euro engine individual throttle bodies 333 horsepower limited slip diff really well done interior was the E30 that was reliable.
1: Really like the only one that was like very good and had a reliable cooling system.
0: Yeah, cuz it was all made out of like aluminum and brass oh, instead God. of plastic. The late E30s had plastic end tanks on them, but they they didn't seem to break not in the same way that these right. were like plastic water pumps and things. And it's just like back in the day you would just change things once in a while preventatively, bef- but they wouldn't be broken whereas yeah. on the E36s and E46s, you have to change them on a schedule, otherwise, you end up stranded. Yeah. Which is, it's just a different way of doing things. Um, the engines are really, really similar design wise between the 36 and the 46. Um, but yeah, we got uh, much, much better screwed together interiors, a lot better noise, vibration, and harshness. The aero design was, I mean, it's pretty easy to pinpoint where in time that car came. Yeah, but no, it, it's, it's still, it's much more handsome.
1: It really looks properly good.
0: A lot of standard equipment, a lot of really high-end features, like widescreen GPS and heated seats That's the steering wheel. You
1: can get a base model, Mm -hmm. and you're buying a lot of the BMW badge with the base model. Because that was the first car that BMW made where BMW is like, hey, we're BMW now. We got money.
0: Well, the first couple of years, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, nowadays, like, when you hear the name BMW, that was really the beginning of the era where BMW really meant, like, this is an expensive, right. luxury car. Because yeah, if you buy a
0: 1999 323i base, like, that's still an aspirational vehicle yeah. at the time.
1: Whereas, like, I, when the E36 dropped, that was still BMW. You could still interchange the names BMW and Honda. Right. Like, they were still y- – you could still say, yeah, I don't know what, I'm, what I want to get. I could either get, you know, a, a Honda Accord SEI – or I could get a BMW like 318i base. Yeah, like 318i <laughs> base. Like, I, don't, I don't know
0: which one I want. Like Yeah.
1: Yeah, That that's when BMW was upmarket. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it
0: was the ultimate driving machine. I mean, and, it, it, it yeah. just drove better than anything else. It was built better than anything else.
1: It, it really was. It, it was when BMW actually lived up to that name, too. Because mm. I feel that modern BMWs don't really do it. This is no. – this is the last BMW you, that... yeah, I'm, now,
0: BMW, again, When you you can cross shop. Like, do I get the Kia, or, or did, do I get the 3 Series?
1: Yeah, it's this is when... I. This is the last BMW generation that I really felt anything for. Like, it's like, like Mr. Wags. Yeah. I like it. It's
0: a cool car. Yeah, but that's it drives it's not very well. every E90.
1: No, but, I mean, that's the thing is, like, by the time the like, the E90 compared to the, e, the E43, or, or 46, E46, sorry... Yeah. The E forty six, like I'm that's one where I'm like, I actually kinda want this car.
0: And the thing is the E forty six, it's lighter, it drives just as well, and it's much cheaper to maintain than the E90. Yeah,
1: and that's that's the other thing is this is the happy medium, the early two thousands for Germany, where cars were really nice but largely reliable. It was the best balance. However, this is also the this is the era where the other two manufacturers Mercedes and Audi Mm kind of sucked.
0: Oh, yeah. Mercedes with their water-based paint issues and the Chrysler merger. Then Audi with their least reliable crop of engines ever.
1: Yeah. Like, just Audi just generally sucking in
0: that era. Um, Yeah. E46 was an absolute no-brainer at the time. Yeah.
1: It was untouchable. Because at that point, like, Infiniti hadn't figured itself out with the the IS300, which was the only car that would really compare to it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's note, probably a better
1: comp. Note that I can't say that there are any
0: Nissans or Datsuns. Like, and the IS300 was a lot more expensive than an E46. Yeah,
1: and this is also when, again, like I said, Nissan and Datsun had nothing that could compete with that.
0: Well, Nissan came at the tail end of the E46 with the G35.
1: Uh, and well, that's the other thing, is like the G35, like, yeah, it was a good. One. I mean, mm-hmm. really? Like, you're even yeah, comparison good two? power
0: plant, but yeah, beyond that, it really didn't compete. No, and uh,
1: plus, that.
0: I think the E46 has aged much better. It has. It's still v- a handsome car.
1: It's a handsome car. The engines are better. Oh, the VQ is just... Everybody is <coughs> on their high horse about that car for 10 If you do, if you do cooling systems
0: and crankcase ventilation valves on E46s, and you buy a manual, that car will run until the end of time.
1: Yeah, uh, VQ35s will, will explode. As That's just a fact. You yeah. will be doing pulling cylinder heads off of them at, in time. Just happens. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, After the E46, we got the E90, as you briefly mentioned with uh, Mr. Wags. These cars were Bangle designs, so it's it's more of a polarizing design. Chris Bangle was oh, okay. the one that did like the 7 Series and the 6 Series that nobody liked. Mm, um, but yeah. I think he did a great job with the E90. I think it's still a really handsome car. Um, but this is where efficient dynamics started to take hold. So We got a lot of really good things, like hydroformed subframes uh, made out of aluminum and things like that. So the yeah. cars are really light on their feet, and the or, uh, rear-wheel drive ones have really quick steering. But all of them have electric water pumps. You know, I actually saw an E90 diesel the other day. That's either here illegally or it's up from Mexico or down from Canada. I think it was an E90. Be. It was like, when was the first year we got the 3 Series diesel? Uh, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 335D. Yeah. Yeah, 335D. Yeah, we got yeah. that in no 09. Yeah, so but, I saw one of those the other day. I don't day know I why. Just, cool. My brain was like, you saw a 320D in the States? What? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah, no, the 335D is awesome, but no manual. Yeah, that's true. So somebody okay. will swap one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, all of them except for the M3 and the diesel had electric water pumps. I just, I always felt like there was something in
1: between those two, between the E46 and the E90, but that was an art quantum leap.
0: It Yeah, it's oh yeah. Yeah, it was 05 to 06 was huge. Yeah, that was huge. Um, I I would take the 05 any day over that. Yeah, but then you get get the six-speed transmission, and you get much, much better interior still. Not that the E46 had a bad interior.
1: Well, that's the thing is you get that better interior. But there's a point for me in which the interior is too much. You have too much going on.
0: And honestly, car. most E90s are too much because a lot of them have that iDrive nav hump, which is just I hideous. I don't want that no. at all. So if no. you get, you, I would never recommend anyone buy any 93 series with a nav. I think,
1: it, I, yeah, I want the, the the doubled in radio at most.
0: Which is what the E46 was. When exactly. you got nav, it moved the climate down, and it gave you a doubled in, so you could always retrofit back too, which was yeah. nice because like my my M3 has a nav in it, but like it doesn't really matter because it doesn't ruin the dash to do it. Yeah, and um, that's
1: that. That's. Very important
0: for me. But I mean the power outputs and the efficiencies and the the weight are all really, really good points of the E90 where they got it right. Yeah. I mean it's a more efficient car, even though it weighs a little bit more. But it's better balanced, it's got better mechanicals. Um the M three, the first ever M three with a V eight, I mean that engine is still one of the greats. And it was also one of the most reliable E ninety <laughs> engines. Because it was port injected, <laughs> still has not, this is me not caring. Still has and rod this. bearings. Uh, it's still a great car, whether you like it or not. But E46, no, I mean, I, I I get
1: that. Like, it, I, I I appreciate it. It's just it. That was the first M3. It did nothing for me.
0: Yeah, I, I get that, and I mean, there's a lot of reasons to not like E90s, and a lot of that is the JB4 335i owners. Yeah, I think so because those people are absolutely insufferable.
1: Mm-hmm. I um, think
0: that's a car that really just. That's going the, to be the next
1: E36. Yeah, that 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 brings out a lot of the jackoffs in the BMW community and car community. Uh, period. I mean, <laughs> that that
0: car just I can I cannot stand those people. But the N54 is arguably the new 2J, so that, I mean, true. People still haven't broken stock blocks, so we don't. It's really a good know engine, so take. there's that. Um, um but yeah, the, the E90. I mean, it was just a really dignified car, but it had a lot of the the modernisms that we don't like. You can't diagnose your own cars anymore because they run on Ethernet Another diagnostic systems. Another about it. All their uh, low-volt electrical systems run on, like, 9 volts instead of 12. So, like, you can't put aftermarket accessories in them properly. The fact that they push the nav so hard, and so many of them have it. The electric water pumps, which nobody wants to deal with, things like that. So
1: Yeah, just a bunch of garbage.
0: But they still had hydraulic steering. Still had a huge amount of manuals sold.
1: It's, yeah, I mean, I guess. But, I mean, I, this is the point in which you're grasping at straws.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it's it's arguably an all around worse car than an E46.
1: Yeah, and I mean you're you're really grasping straws to make it a good car. Mm -hmm. Like you had some cars like Mr. Wags, where that's well, that's the best car car
0: ever. But it's not. I mean, it's just because you got the right combination of things in that car. You
1: you could configure the
0: car to be good. But that's the thing is that most of those ter- wagons are you, terrible. You
1: had to configure it to be good. Yeah. It
0: wasn't just good. Most of those were automatic 325i X drives.
1: This brings me, to, this brings me to Datsun <laughs> in the 1970s. Okay. You could configure that B210 yeah. to be a really kick-ass car.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. if you can just bring up the Datsun B210 race car now.
0: I always like dead air.
1: So now if you look at the B210 race car... This is kind of what, what. Oh, it's I've like. seen
0: these vintage races. Yeah. yeah,
1: these are great.
0: Like they that's still a kick have ass terrible car. proportions, but that looks cool.
1: But that's the thing is that's kind of what Mr. Wags is for the E90. It's not necessarily. Can I just say that I hate Pinterest? Yeah, but Pinterest is terrible. Um, it's not necessarily a fantastic car by any means, but it's. No, it is. Uh, well, I mean, no, no, Mr. Wags. That Mr. Wags in particular is just like that race car is a great yep. car with a pretty. That particular car has a good has a good racing pedigree. Yep. But overall, you can't say with honesty that the B210 is a good car. No, probably not. No, there are variants of it that are good. Just like the E90, there are variants of the E90 that are very good.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that's I mean the E46, it was it was really hard to buy one that sucked. Yeah. And E90s, it was really easy to buy one that sucked. And and you, you scream? You screen grabbed that, right? So oh. people can see. Oh goddamn I'm dumb. Uh, there. That that is the <laughs> B210 race car,
1: uh, which is hands down significantly more attractive than the normal one. Yes, as, as we were saying. Yeah, and it has a pedigree. You can, <laughs> you can you can make an E90 cool. It isn't naturally cool. It's much like the B210. It's coming off of their best vehicles.
0: This was for sale in nine ten o one for thirty nine hundred dollars apparently. That is I just looked at the page that we're looking at apparently it is still a live <laughs> listing page from it's from angelfire.com. oh yeah <laughs> real real good
1: all right anyway wow uh, then uh, we
0: move on to F30 what,
1: we can turn off the screen grab for That's people fine.
0: let them watch it
1: did you go want to look at that fine
0: fine fine no more screen grab for you um, so then we move on to the f30 which is 2012 uh, why did they switch it to F. It has to do with fiber optics and the chassis. That's the only real reason. That's it. That's really dumb. Yep. So there you go.
1: This is, at this point, I'm completely lost. Yeah. Just don't buy one of these. I don't want it at all.
0: The only only redeeming factor of the F-Series chassis is you can get six-speed manuals in them. You know what? What?
1: Datsun was 50 years ahead of BMW. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it was. Because now BMW is exactly where Datsun was.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Does that mean they're gonna get their groove back in
1: ten maybe, years? Maybe, and then, and then, but that's the thing is they get their groove back in ten years for twenty years. I don't think
0: so though, because they, they announced the G twenty three series or no, whatever they, with they're, their
1: they're gonna get their groove back, but it cost them so much money
0: they're to go out of business <laughs> and then get bought up by Renault. So Carl Carl's going to be out of jail by then, and he's gonna take over BMWs. He's gonna be hearing?
1: incredibly old. He's gonna be like he's gonna be like Supreme Com-
0: like Commander Snope. <laughs> and then we're going to get a Citroën Avantime. Uh, another one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. I'm drive. looking forward to this. So I think that. But yeah. The F30s were Evolution electric steering. Ah! More electric water pumps. Ah! Timing chains that just dropped out with that corporate two liter four cylinder. Ah! Yeah. The only redeeming factor was the manual in the M3. The M3 engine. The 335, 340i engine. Which There's, we already had. I don't, I don't. It's just not good. Just don't buy one.
1: Um, it, uh, it's not worth it.
0: No, so I'm not even going to grace the F30 with more description just because it sucks. And the new one, nobody cares. No manuals at all.
1: So uh, so that's the modern one. That's the current one,
0: right? The, uh, F30, well, technically it's the G20 now, or G30, whatever it is. We talked about it. No manual. No care. Yeah. It's, the F30 now, was now it's until dead. like it's this offici- year. officially dead. 2018 O-fi- model year. Officially
1: dead. 2018 um,
0: model year k- kills the F chassis. Now we go to the G chassis.
1: They only made one F chassis?
0: Three series, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um.
1: Anyway, yeah. so... I like doing these uh, quintessential rundowns of generations. Me too, although this I think we're really going to have to,
0: fun. for the next one, we're probably going to have to strip out all of the rest of the topics because this is running a little long.
1: Yeah, this is. Well, we don't need, <laughs> we can talk about uh, Jerry Seinfeld because I imagine where there's going to be more that goes on with we'll, this. Uh, we'll just
0: follow up on that and, uh, <laughs> next week.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, it is story, so. <laughs> this is a developing story. This is a developing story regarding Jerry Seinfeld. He is still alive, don't worry. Yeah, no, he's um, fine. He's fine. However, one of his cars is not. Um, which may or may not have been something he knew about. I'm not going to say anything yet. Hearsay. And it's all hearsay right now. So <laughs> we'll get back to you as soon as we know what's going on with the Jerry Seinfeld situation. Um, now. Sure hope. Let's, uh, uh, let's, okay? let's end on a high note. Uh, tell me something fun you learned
0: about cars in the last week. I learned that the Datsun 510 is way older than I thought it was.
1: Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> what about you, honey? You've been quiet the entire episode. <laughs>
0: if i learned anything i already dropped my cool facts last episode so yeah that's the only downside to doing this for the wednesday episode is we literally just gave them the facts. i also i also two literally, two literally did not tell you I know. that i was gonna do this beforehand which so is you, why this high note is really organic and fluid <coughs> and it'll get better
1: it'll <laughs> get better um <laughs> i just i wanted to start doing this so we can start ending <laughs> happy so people go back to work not depressed about <laughs> <laughs> How sad the bw 3 Series is, <laughs> honey. Tell tell me something about I don't know. Uh,
0: chlamydia rates in koala bears is declining. Oh, thank there goodness. we go. That's a happy. I sure thing. hope Val Kilmer koala okay bears too. are
1: gonna be okay. Val Kilmer doesn't have chlamydia. It's a good thing. That doesn't see what a great day we're having now. See, aren't you guys happy? All right, well, <laughs>
0: um, something. Is that this gonna turn into? Janice random animal facts. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fine. That. That. that makes people happy. Maybe that's just a carbotrage thing. Yeah, that'll be your certain <laughs> <triage>
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much for li- uh, listening. We will be back next week uh, on Monday, and uh, we may or may not be talking about Jerry Seinfeld.
0: You don't know. <laughs> we will. Thank you. We'll cover Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I'll catch you guys on the weekend. Thanks for listening.